Hello and welcome to Just Another Side Quest. I'm Randall. And I'm James. And I'm Aaron. And we are back. We made it to episode two. Unbelievable. We survived. It's um, a good start. Uh, so we decided we'd do a little bit of onboarding, kind of uh, let everyone know real quick um, our background in games and, and how we came up, how long we've been playing them. Uh, my first console, if you can call it, that was a handheld. It was a Game Boy Pocket uh, red one I still have, and my son actually still plays. So I must have gotten that in uh, 96, 97. I was, you know, just a wee lad. Wait, um, your son has the same one? He, like, yeah, same one. You've kept it this whole time and it still works? I had to uh, get a new um, battery cover but I still have, um, wow. still have the original uh, Game Boy. I still have um, the first game I ever got with it, which is Super Mario Land. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that was my first foray really into video games was that, and to this day I've never beaten it. <laughs> Maybe your son Yes. <laughs> I've had it almost you know 25 years and still not beat yeah, it. Wow. But that and Pokemon Red, which um, I have beat twice now um well beaten is beaten is close i uh i never beat um red like i never beat the final trainer because i uh, ran out of revives mm-hmm. and i couldn't go back and, and do anything about it. i didn't have any money and i didn't know what to do mm-hmm. but i you know i beat the elite four i was pretty happy with that at the age um yeah at a certain point i got a game boy color and yellow and a few others um, but I don't, I, I couldn't keep track of everything. Um, and then I got a, my first big console uh, was a PS1. And not not the big chunky one, the little one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little streamlined one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's really when I started getting into, into games uh, pretty heavy. Because before that, I just went over to my neighbor's house and watched him play. Uh, Dreamcast and uh, N64 and a little bit of Time Splitters, uh, but about that time is when I started gaming myself. Um, PS1 transitioned to a PS2, and then you know, 300 games in on that, found out about Halo, mm-hmm. and picked up an Xbox, and then had a game uh, GameCube gifted to me. So at one point, I had the trifecta for that. Mm. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> And so I, I had these days. I had one of those cables, you know, that would go to each one of them to only take up one port on the TV. Mm. So that was that was fun. Keep them all together. I had a giant stacker of all the games and four controllers for each, and um, had a lot of people over playing on the giant twenty-seven inch CRT television. Oh yeah, light gun games. Mm. Those are those are the good. Those are some good times. Um, and then at that point, I kind of, uh, I kind of jumped ship from Sony. Uh, I never ended up getting a PS3. I got a, a Xbox 360 because, again, Halo mm-hmm. was uh, absolutely the thing. Yep. Hit us right in that age gap. Uh, so, working up through that, I, I just kept kept there because I enjoyed the Forza games and kind of never. Never really looked back, and now sitting here with the with an Xbox One and a Switch, which I picked up just last year um, for mobile gaming with the kids, 
Uh, I'm starting to look at uh, possibly doing a PlayStation because I would love to do PSVR. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that Microsoft isn't really uh, huge into right now. Um, so that's kind of my quick run through. I did a lot of social gaming up through about 2009, and uh, that's kind of when I, I did less and less of that, um, you know, because you start working more. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I ended up having a different schedule because I had, um, you know, my first kid uh, just a couple years after getting married and, you know, only one in my uh, age group that had one. So uh, I wasn't up late uh, playing games when other people were. Yeah. And, you know, everyone else was out at, out at college and I was, you know, at home uh, starting a family, which was exciting and fun, but meant I had a different schedule. So I played a lot more single player games and... Uh, and the such, so I still don't do a lot of online. So I have a, that's why I have a different kind of set of games than, than most people play. Uh, but I, I grew up with James. We were uh, kindergarten together? Yep, kindergarten, long time ago. Yeah, long, long time ago, but we, uh, we became friends pretty, pretty quick. And I'd say by first grade, we were maybe summer before we were spending a lot of time at each other's houses. <laughs> I mean, days on end. Yep. And uh, just we would we would stay up super late playing games and uh, a lot of Lego building. Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, what do you? What do that you? That hasn't changed. From... Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> They're a little bit larger sets now. <laughs> so where where were you at that point? Because that that would have been about the time that I was. We were starting to play games. I was. Trying to remember, uh, yeah, what honestly, you have. I'd probably blame you for the introduction of video games in my life. I remember you had a PC with like Duke Nukem on it, I think, oh, way yeah, before Duke we Nukem. were like at least I was allowed to play M games. Um, well, my parents did games. turn on the parental control okay. system, <laughs> so it was like so a little were, better. Yeah, there were no strippers in this one, okay. It's still like some blood and some, at the time, Oops. scary looking, uh pigmen and stuff now they, they look terrible when i watch like speed runs or anything like that but at the time uh that was that like blew my mind with some of the games that you had um so yeah at the same for me we had a pretty similar um upbringing because we were playing games together so what you were playing i ended up playing uh, i started though on pc um my parents got like a home computer and they installed some old arcade games. So I grew up with Dig Dug, Pac-Man, and um, Pole Position, like on PC. So I had some arcade games that I played. Um, that and then some games at your house were like the beginning. I had a neighbor with an N64. Um, so from the very beginning, besides the arcade games, most of the actual games I played were social. So I very much learned all of my gaming habits around the social aspect of, of playing. Would, would you say that your first game obsession was and continues to be Heroes of Might and Magic? Is that? <laughs> yeah. When we get to games we've played recently, yeah, Heroes is still like on my list perpetually. Because <laughs> that yes. was one of the things we did early on when we were at your house, when it wasn't Dig Dug, it was, it was Heroes of Might and Magic because yes. it was turn-based, so we could... It was the third one? Yep, Heroes of Might and Magic 3 complete the one that mm -hmm. came out i think it was in 99 um yeah the fact that it was uh turn-based 
change, like, we could play that over, like, Age of Empires or some of the other really good PC games at the time. Um, yeah, it was something that two of us could sit down at one PC and yep. eat pizza and drink Mountain Dew and play that. Exactly. You no, know, to our, our, you know, nine-year-old's heart's content. Oh, yeah. And uh, ultimately, Here's My Magic 3 is a board game of sorts because of the turn-based um, way it plays. And I'll probably explain the game a bit more when we get into games we've played. Um, but that slowly turned me on to, like, board games later. I realized, oh, I love this turn-based style of game. And then that was what board games were with the social aspect. I like playing with other people. Um, so I distinctly remember the very first time I went over to your house. Uh, early high school? maybe middle school when Xbox Live first really came on the scene and put on the headset and got into a Halo lobby and I'm hearing people from around the world like play. Yeah, the Halo 2 lobby. I did that with more than more than just you. I'm probably responsible for five yep. or six people yeah, I blame getting you. online accounts. Yep, <laughs> I blame you for all of the Halo and Gears of War that I played in high school. Because um, oh as soon as that experience happened with Halo 2. I think that's when I went out and bought an Xbox and got Halo 2 and got live and started actually playing heavily at that point. We played a lot online, didn't we? We did. And that was, uh, like, a lot of high school was playing online games, Call of Duty, Halo. Like, we grew up in that atmosphere. Um, And I always gravitated towards the multiplayer games. I loved the story, but I liked it as, like, this small bite-sized thing, like Halo did. You get through it pretty quick, and then you go play a lot of online. Um, And so that just kind of continued to translate into the games I played into college. I had the 360, and then ultimately, though, when I came back home, a bunch of our friends got PlayStations. And it's like this weird domino effect where when one gets a PlayStation, now my choice is a lot harder. Do I want the Xbox, or do I play with my friend, or, you know, who has what? And I don't think at the time I realized you had the Xbox yet. Um, so I ended up getting the PlayStation and dove headfirst into a bunch of single-player games at that point. Um, it's weird how like life changed. I couldn't play as much multiplayer. Um, actually, I take that back. I spent all of my multiplayer time playing League of Legends. So I had no other time for multiplayer games. So now I needed an output for single-player games. Uh, so that the PlayStation was what I ended up getting, PS5. And that's kind of where I'm at now. So very similar to you growing up. Um, and ultimately now I'm more into the same position that you have been for a while where single player games um, are a large portion of the time that I want to play because I can pause it, I can get away from it, I can stop it. Um, League of Legends is like the worst as far as when you get into a match, it, you're stuck for a long time. And so that's, yeah, I remember going over to your house and a, a bunch of you were playing that, and I, I made an yeah. account, and I played for, oh, a mere six hours straight, mere, and yeah. I was completely useless, and it took it's forever. An Those games go a long time. Yeah, 40 I think all games. of us have played that one. <laughs> yeah, and that's honestly, so League was a big, a big chunk of my like early 20s I mean that was a good college game when you have chunks of time with no one to interrupt you um, so I got really addicted to that game and then finally quit it but replaced it with some other like lighter weight um, multiplayer games you replaced but it with three whole games I replaced it with three whole other games yeah yeah and pretty much 
Um, however, I do have to thank League of Legends because that is ultimately kind of how I was able to meet Aaron. Um, and so, Aaron, maybe you can give some of your background and get into the point where we ultimately like kind of had our our first hangout together was in League. We played a couple League games together, mm-hmm. and then eventually that led to getting married. Um, but maybe you can dive into that at the end of your kind of background. Okay. Uh, like you guys, I started gaming when I was with my first um, handheld, which was a Game Boy Color. I'm a I'm a year under you guys, and probably yeah. So I got everything just slightly delayed from, from you, kind of. Um, and I really was able to game because my I have an older brother who's two and a half years older than me. And my parents saw what he did and were kind of was able to filter things through him first and then let me play them to see, like, hey, is this okay for um, our 13-year-old boy to just before we let our 10- or 11-year-old girl play? In that case, uh, you might have gotten to a couple games before us because oh. we were both the oldest. Oh, yeah, not, no, well, I got we Halo the 1. Oldest, but I was Halo we were, like, 1. like, guy playing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my sister didn't play games. Yeah, I was gonna so say, it was, I was like, not really. Right, you did have an older sister, but she was not paving the way for your <laughs> your gaming. Yeah, my brother paved the way for me, and so then I had uh, Pokemon Yellow. Got really into that. I have played every single Pokemon generation since Pokemon Yellow, which is the beginning. I did go back and play Red and Blue because my brother had copies of those. But my first, that was mine, was Pokemon Yellow. Went from Pokemon, um, we ended up getting Fable when we got Xboxes. My brother got um, Halo 1 and her first Xbox. And one of the memorable moments for me, because I loved that, and I loved the campaign and a little bit of the multiplayer, but because multiplayer at the time was couch multiplayer, there's two moments I want to share. One was um, me, my younger sister, who was a year and a half younger, um, and then our neighbor, Amy, all playing uh, Halo multiplayer on one of the maps. Uh, one of us had just killed the other and then just, like, killed her. And then the body, like, glitches out, which at the time it was the first time I, we had witnessed something glitch in a game. And so we freak out and we're yelling at each other, Twitch, kill it, kill this thing. It's just, like, we couldn't figure out what happened. It was, it's a memory I still have 20 years later. <laughs> and so going from that, and then also I had another moment where um, apparently I was good at Halo enough that my brother had by the time my brother was a freshman um so i was a sixth or seventh grader um he for his birthday he had a bunch of his friends over and then he said okay aaron why don't you take my controller while i go get some go to the bathroom or something and he has me play against all of his friends and they're still not beating me (laughs) or beating his like that that where he was like still in the lead of the there it's it he didn't lose it because i was that at least good enough and i was like the fact that I, because of my brother, he like was proud of my gaming prowess. I think I was able to continue gaming in a way that girls in that age weren't usually supported. So it was really fun for me to be in gaming. Yeah, there's like some validation there mm-hmm. in, in like pursuing it as a hobby. Even yeah. At the time, it's maybe not considered a hobby in your mind. Yeah, it was never a boys or a girls thing. Yeah. So at least not in my household, it wasn't. And so. Played that, so played Pokemon, Halo, and then um, Fable was the solo game that we played a lot. And uh, yeah, and then um, I think that actually got me launched later into an art career because of one of the art books from the games. That's a slightly different story. 
Um, fast forward, I'm still playing some of the games, but for me, unlike you guys, where you guys went into the live, like into Xbox Live, I never went online until college. I, I only played Halo for the solo play or the occasional cou- um, couch play. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually played solo games or um, or just couch games until, and part of it was because my parents didn't let us get live. Um, they didn't want us going online. So by the time I hit, uh, so I ended up going to college in 2010. And so when I got there, that's when I kind of got some things, like some experience with multiplayer games. But it was in 2011. 2011 is when I got actually exposed to League of Legends and I started introduced to major PC games. You got infected. I got yeah. infected then. Uh, yep. I played support. I was really bad until I got introduced to Alistair. I was tanky support for a good four years. Then I just went over to ADC. It was great. Um, I played League for six solid years. Probably another two years after that being off and on. And now I kind of like just observe because it's still very fun to observe. Um, and it, from there, and I was, like James said, it was a great college game as a major game for me to play. Um, and then from there, kind of going to Overwatch as a, as a shorter version of like the multiplayer game. And one of the things I was enjoying a lot is I ended up getting a core group of finding some friends with League that I could talk to, and we would play in the same room with each other, so still doing the couch co-op, but in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. or pulling up Skype, I had some friends I never that I made online friends through that game. That I had friendship for about three to five years for, and so it's just like it became that it was being introduced to social games that way was really fun and really interesting. And that's what kept me coming back. And one of the things I liked then moving to Overwatch was then I didn't have to already know the person to be able to talk with them. And I, I mentioned it last time that I like playing Overwatch because I. I like talking with people, interacting with people, and doing that first kind of reaction of like, oh, hey, calling out these things and actually being like having the, some of the awareness here and just doing that kind of stuff or randomly singing with a random stranger, that kind of just stuff is fun for me. And so I'm not competitive, which is actually the wrong thing to say. I am, I'm too competitive, <laughs> so I don't take competitive seriously to make sure I don't get too competitive. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, um, I'm a bad loser. <laughs> Uh, when it's, it's <laughs> that's why I uh, always play with you on yes. the same team I'm a bad loser when I'm by myself on a team I'm a good loser because I'm supporting everyone else in our loss not just myself and I, I can be a, a real pain to myself if, I'm, if I lose <laughs> anyway so went into that and from there, I think the reason what James brought up earlier is that we ended up meeting at a, uh, a game developers conference, a Christian game developers conference, conference, and our first real conversation outside of our first one um, was about league and finding out we had this connection there. And um, within the first week of us meeting, I think, or for our first two weeks of us meeting, we ended up then play, started playing league together. Um, yep, I did support, and you did AD carry. Mm-hmm. We lane together. That was a really good way to lightly get to know each other mm-hmm. without any... For me, it was nice because it put a lot of the onus on me being able to, like, carry conversation or keep topics going and all the, like, kind of boring topics for me, the, like, the lightweight stuff. It was great to have a focus on a game 
and still get to know somebody, how they handle loss, how they handle a tough situation, how they do decision making. Like you can get a lot of information from somebody by playing a game with them. Um, and it actually felt like that was a really, for me and maybe for you as well, mm -hmm. because I'm bad at that initial conversation. Um, that game was really good at facilitating some of that early get to know you stuff so that when we actually started physically like hanging out and going places on like dates, um, we had a bunch of that kind of out of the way and already settled, so it was far more comfortable. Games are, are historically a great icebreaker, and it seems like it was it was the perfect one for you guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it worked out. I think our first conversation was about League, but the first game we played together was Halo 2. Uh, yeah, yeah, physically, yeah, when we hung out, yeah, we played some of the Halo 2 campaign together, so we weren't just like a 1v1 um, deathmatch in like Blood Gulch or something. Uh, that might have gone poorly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we played Halo 2, like 15 years ago. Unless later, you're playing isolation with just beam swords, you're not doing it right. Yeah, it's <laughs> trying to remember the map name. Blood Gulch is the, the easy one to remember. Or coagulation. I guess it was it coagulation. Yeah. Blood Gulch is the first one, coagulation was coag the second, is, yeah. I believe. Okay, so it's technically it was coag. Those were the days. I can't remember the names of these maps, but I remember what they looked like. <laughs> Uh, but Aaron, after League, because again, you say you switched to Overwatch, mm. you've now shifted a little bit um, into more like single player stuff. Or yeah. like what's your current playing? Now I have the, I brought the PS5 into our lives <laughs> and you started playing some of those games. Where you at like yeah. right now? So console wise, I've had Xbox for middle school, high school. Then I went to basically just PC. And uh, Nintendo 64 was in there as well, some of the GameCube stuff too, but interspersed. Um, mostly because, again, my brother bought all those game consoles. And then after that we met, because you had the PS4, or PS3 at the time, I can't remember which, I think... I had PS4. PS4. I never owned it for PS3. Um, it introduced me to other games that I hadn't played before. Uh, I think you're the one who had Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, who bought it mm -hmm. and then I picked it up and uh, played it and I was like I can't put this down I must come over and only play this game ignore you and play this game <laughs> that's <laughs> when I knew it was a match that I could play a game and you could play a game like, side by side yeah and we could get along yeah yeah, uh, yeah being introduced to a lot uh, a lot of these games I hadn't played before but I had heard vaguely about like that were solo games, which for me, solo games are something that I've always been like, I really enjoy those a lot because I don't have to have someone else to play with. And I guess growing up, I didn't, I start, I slowly lost people to play with through middle school and high school because my sister stopped playing, uh, neighbors stopped playing with me. Um, I didn't get live, so I didn't jump onto those things. So I had to kind of jump into, I, could, I really only had solo games growing up. And then the, going to the social games is something that I've been learning how to do over the last eight years, 10 years, eight years. So, um, but yeah, now I do a lot of solo game uh, or short indie <clears throat> games. Overwatch is still my go-to multiplayer if I want to have a multiplayer game. Mm -hmm. And I think- On PC specifically when you're playing, right? Yeah, but I don't really play multiplayer on, but yeah, I'm playing Overwatch on PC. Sorry, that's what you're getting at. <laughs> Yeah, just checking. Uh, yeah, I don't play it on PS4 very much, although I have an, I do have the ability to, and I have played with with James and so, some of his other friends. But it's 
Yeah, it's, that's it's an a controller. Thing yeah, shifting from keyboard and mouse to a controller is a pain. It's a pain. Back and forth. But you're also playing, I mean, the Switch right now. You've been playing mm -hmm. Pokemon. Um... Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay, we're going to, sure, yeah. Uh, I've still been playing Pokemon, like I said before. Uh, actually, I looked at Pokemon Sword and Shield last night for a little, couple hours. And I really enjoyed how they've made that their social part for that actually a social part. Like, the fact that I can play at least a part of the game with some of my coworkers is really fun. So, but I guess uh, jump, talking about Pokemon, we were, we're planning on jumping into the news and it's a segment to talk about the Pokemon expansion and how that's changed over the years. About how, like, Pokemon does their expansions from, like, the first game to the second games. And yeah. Games. Yeah, this uh, expansion marks a huge shift in how um, the Pokemon company or... Um, Game Freak. Game Freak, thank you. <laughs> Specifically is like handling expansion content now. And I think Randy and I are both curious on what you've experienced with the announcement of these expansions being DLC expansions instead of like the rebranding and repackaging mm -hmm. of the game with some added content. For me, like, so in the past, what they've done is they've, they've taken the, the game added a little bit of content or a little bit more to it and then um, rebranded it as uh, for Sun and Moon, which is the generation before this one. Um, they had Ultra Sun and Moon, um, which had then some extra pieces at the end with some re returning characters from older games. Uh, but then turned when I, I actually did buy it to see how the gameplay was and it wasn't too terribly different. They made it so that different Pokemon would spawn in new areas, and then the later part where it actually was like a change in edit content, it was in a way that I didn't enjoy it because it was like a, through a system that I had completely ignored the whole game through my first couple times oh, playing yeah. through. So I was like, oh, I don't actually like this part. Was it the same price? As it the... was. Yeah, it so was that's... annoying. Yeah, because because they can't, they didn't, it wasn't a DLC, so they couldn't just add only that new content to it. They had to they had to package it with the game itself. Yeah, and they could because before it's it's a DS, they're DS games or DS lights and stuff like that, or 3DS. Um, they're handheld console games, so they haven't done really downloads as far as I'm aware. Oh yeah, which. That's why. To be fair, they could have done that maybe with some other games on, or Nintendo games in general might have done that with those, but I hadn't, haven't played with those before, where they're just downloadable, where it's been downloadable yeah. content. Uh, and so looking at the Switch game with Pokemon Sword and Shield, one of the things that they start doing, they're doing now is that they're going to have um, a DLC, which is a half the price of the usual game, or $10, oh uh, wait, I can't I think remember. You're right. I think it's half the price. I think it's yeah. thirty. It's thirty, which I think the original game is sixty. Yes. Um, and then they're releasing, if I understand it right, the first part in June or July, and then the second part in November, all under the same DLC price. So they'll have an update. Oh. So it's not like thirty dollars for one and then thirty dollars for the other. I think it's thirty dollars for all of it. So it's a fifteen and a fifteen. But it, but you can't do like fifteen for one that you want and skip the other one. Like, you do have to get both mm, DLCs. Not that I can tell. I I don't quite know, because I, I did look last night through the store, and then I looked a little bit in the, online and I, what some other people have been saying. Yeah. And I can't... I think it's the one price for both. Interesting. Which, 
I'm actually kind of I'm happy about this looks better. It looks better for the price point and for how they've done um, other things in the past. It's it's introducing you to new areas, so you get to visually come come to different spaces that are still like there are there are new environments. It's truly new content compared yeah. to like. It's also introducing new Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, and it, a little bit like smaller new stories. Like there's a little like one of the expansions takes you to an island where you can join where apparently you join a dojo, which is new, kind of. It's. I was confused by that. It's like this doesn't sound compiled like a Pokemon story where you join a dojo and train there. But for me, like a short DLC, that sounds interesting. Um, and then the other one, you're actually going to be the other expansion takes you up into the mountains, and where you're on a like the, into the snow where you're a part of a, a tour, not tour, expansion. Uh, gosh, I can't expedition. remember. Expedition. expedition. That's the word I'm looking for. So you're actually part of an expedition group going through this, and it's like that's also like. As a story, like that's different than what they've done in the past, and I kind of like so, it. <laughs> so the first, the first pack is the Isle of Armor, and that's the yeah. one where you join the dojo. Mm-hmm. And then the Crown Tundra, of course, would be the the snow, yeah. the snow based one. Yeah. And from from what I've read, they seem to be adding in a bunch of pre existing Pokemon as well, like reintroducing the ones. Because I know they got a lot of flack for the incomplete Pokedex, yeah. and so it seems like they're patching that. That could possibly be the case. I personally didn't have any issue with them cutting it, because I've never tried to complete the Pokedex. So that's never been an issue of, oh, not all the Pokemon are available? That's okay. But uh, yeah, that, that could be something that they're trying to do with this. That could be one of the goals of bringing this in. They. One of the things they introduced, uh, I think it was Sun and Moon, maybe XY. No, uh, I think it was Sun and Moon that they introduced. They introduced alternate regional forms. So like there's the, um, so in this this region that they're in is called Galar. So there's Galar forms of Pokemon. Um, for example, they've taken one that, and they've been, they're introducing new Galar region Pokemon as well, which takes these older Pokemon and one of the ones that's been announced is Slowpoke. Where originally Slowpoke was a water type, now it's a purely psychic type with a yellow, yellow patch on its head and tail. So hmm. easy way for them. Pokemon fan, like, is that enough? And I guess for me, as not a Pokemon fan, I hear that I'm like, that's doesn't sound like enough content for me to be super excited. Again, if there's like a story and there's some additional like space to enter, I'm curious. So for you, because you've been buying all these games this entire span of mm-hmm. time. Is it is it actually really cool when a Pokemon you used to know as a specific thing has now been like flipped upside down on its head, has new typing, maybe has a different visual look? Is that actually pretty exciting? I like seeing how they are reinventing things. I am getting tired of the only being the first 150 Pokemon. <laughs> I would <laughs> like the them to get I Johto like. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> like stop, oh, get away from Kanto. Get Johto, get Sinnoh. I would like these other regional Pokemon that I like. So like, for me, like, we're second, third, and fourth generation. Actually, I wanted to see some of the fourth generation Pokemon because I really like some of the Pokemon designs that came out of that that generation. Uh, I would like to see those reinvented. So it, it is cool. And part of this is also, um, I mentioned it earlier that I I had a history of like with art and and really enjoyed like Fable art book, an art book that I loved as a kid. Well, now I like I do character design now, and 
so for me, seeing these characters redesigned, but having to fit the original like idea of this Pokemon, but with this new twist on him, it really is like, how will they do this? Like, I like mm-hmm. seeing that. I like seeing people reinvent Pokemon because it's it has to still fit within the same world and feel like it fits this still like this stylization, but within more constraints. So I like seeing Pokemon designs. It's it's something I enjoy. I would say, yeah. I mean, I think that they've been, for the most, there's a couple weird ones like, what is it? Trubbish or, you know, like the garbage. They, <laughs> the literal like, garbage overall, bag? Yeah, they overall do a great job of designing Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the overall look, they're just like not, nothing else quite compares. Um, I wanted to ask, though, because you had mentioned when you said you had been playing recently that the game currently has content in it hinting at the expansion coming up. Yeah. Can you go into that a little bit about what there are kind of the new age of DLC being sold in tiny pieces, microtransaction, microtransactions, and like live service games? I smelled a little bit of that sort of thing when you talked about yeah. Pokemon. So why don't you explain kind of what Pokemon is right now in Sword and Shield or what it's doing well, to sell the new content? Mm-hmm. So I knew this had been announced. I didn't know they'd implemented anything into the game when I opened it up last night for the first time in a couple weeks. Uh, and so when I went in, I ended up seeing, as soon as you open up your main menu, there's a little button at the bottom that actually says, hey, come and like this this expansion is now or what they're calling I can't remember what they call the pack exactly but um like you can get the sort of the like the stuff in the Pokemon store online or the online Nintendo store okay so like a little announcement over in the corner saying hey the DLC for this game's coming out well not, yeah and then you can actually click on it and it will take you there without while mm-hmm. pausing your game and it saves it so you don't lose any content or anything like that so it has a little safety measures which is nice one thing's I that was fun for me was then as I was playing, I was like, I went to a Pokemon center and then the nurse was like, Hey, you can, you can find this one, po- a new Pokemon over at this one town. I was like, what? So I followed that in game hint to this little teaser of the slowpoke. Like they literally have you go up to this train station and a slowpoke had gotten onto this train from this, this, uh, the, I can't remember what it's called. You, you said it, Randy. Um, Isle of Armor is what it's called. Uh, and so Yes, Isle yeah, of Armor. Isle of Armor. And they they had it so that way a train had just come in from the, from that island and it had a slowpoke come off of it. That was this new regional different, like this new Galar region slowpoke. And it was like, okay. And they introduced me to a new character that if I get this an expansion pack, I will have an, this adventure with her. And so, like, that was their in-game teaser content for okay. the stuff. That I can't follow up on. Actually, it's frustrating. I can't follow up on it yet because the Unless expansion doesn't it. come out till June or July. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't buy it, then that's that's all you're going to get. That's all I'm going to get. free content. Would I did you get a free slowpoke. Would give you something like that? Or is it more frustrating than fun? Like, is it like a, like a teaser trailer for a movie that you get excited about? Or is this, or is it more frustrating, like, too soon? There's a part of me that feels like it's too soon to have the in-game content, like the actual like, hey, the marketing stuff they got going outside of the game. Great, that that sound that seems perfectly reasonable. But until I saw this teaser in-game, I actually wasn't very interested in it. I hadn't really followed up on it. I was planning on doing it in like a couple months when we're closer, mm, and now gotcha. I was like, 
Yeah, they got me. It's like, dang it. That's the problem is it did work. So it worked. <laughs> now I just got to figure out, it's like, is this actually going to be worth it? Is my assumption that this $30 price point is for both or is it only for one? Because if it's for just one of them, I don't know if I'm going to get it. If it's for both, I definitely will. Because I think that $15 expansion fact for a Pokemon-like expansion sounds good. From what I've seen on the trailers, at least. And so it's, uh, that's where I'm at on on Pokemon and that expansion. I've talked a lot about that now. Uh, I was I was very interested because yeah. I've been I've been you know out of the game so long. I didn't have a DS. You know, mm-hmm. I had the Pocket. I literally never upgraded past the color. Mm-hmm. I never had an SP or a DS or any of that. So now I have a Switch, and I I played through Let's Go, and my wife was playing it uh, just uh, you know a few days ago. And uh, so, you know, I'm actually interested in, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll venture forth and try some of this new stuff. But there's like a thousand Pokemon now, so I don't know how big the uh, the book would be for it because I use the the guides. Don't don't shoot me. I do <laughs> use the guides. Um, but I I was very interested in hearing about it, and and uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, is there a big difference between sword and shield, or is it much it's like uh, red and blue? Same thing as red and blue, uh, kind of. Um, then they had the one that like Mewtwo was like the ultimate legendary. Now they have; they, it's very common for them to have two legendaries that you'll get one or the other in the game. Oh, so you have to you have to, to choose it, your legendary, or to or trading. You have to look at what um, the regional variants are because one of them is that in Sword, you get a, a Farfetch'd that actually has like a leak for Sword and it gets a shield and instead of Evolutionary now, and that's a that's a Galar regional variant. Or you get a Psychic-type Ponyta. Huh. And that's a shield. And you have to choose which one you're going to get unless you have a friend who can trade you with the other one, which happened for me. Yeah, and that that's the whole thing is they've been wanting to get people to do that. I used to do link trading, like physical link trading mm-hmm. yeah. on, on red and yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to clarify real quick too, uh, the current price point is $30 for the expansion pass. So that might be why it's confusing. I don't think that there is a... Oh, so it's a pass that includes both packs. Yes. Yeah, it's now, a pass. I don't know if you can get once it actually launches, if you're allowed to buy just the singular expansion. Um, I'd be curious. I, I wonder if they do $20 for the expansion alone or 30 for the pass for both. Is kind of how games like Smash Brothers, I think, have kind of done it, where if you buy it singularly, it's a little bit more. Though, again, I haven't purchased the expansion content for that. But that's, right now, $30. It's an expansion pass you're buying, and you get them both. Just to clarify. And when, what's the release release date uh, set for that stuff? Uh, the release date. June, July. I haven't seen an actual solid date other than June or July. And I can't remember hmm. which month they said. <laughs> I think it was July. This summer. Yeah, this yeah summer basically the summer. And then November is the other one. Oh, okay. So, so uh, like, the Isle may be coming out in June or July, but the Tundra will be later. Yes, yeah, so that one later. does come later. From what I've seen okay. of other you, people like on YouTube talking about it. Okay, so what is a, a release schedule? So that would make sense for calling it a pass because it's not a pack of two things. It's it's you buy the pass and then you get them as they come out. Yeah, uh, yeah. More like that's true. Like I, a, I akin to, to other things. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Pokemon on Switch kind of is a good place to segue into the next topic we wanted to cover, which was travel games. It's just traveling. Aaron and I just got back from vacation. So a lot of the games we've been playing were like Switch games on flights or at the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of interesting, not a revelation I had, but what I was comfortable playing for like an extended period of time sitting down like in a plane um, compared to what I thought I was going to be excited to play. So what, what, uh, give, us a, give us kind of a rundown, a, a quick list, and then you know, tell us what you like and what you didn't like about them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I had some, for Christmas, somebody had given me a, a $20 digital card to Nintendo's eShop. So I had like 20 bucks ready to buy something. I ended up getting the expansion for Splatoon 2. Um, it's an older game now. I think Splatoon 3 is in development. Um, it's still hugely popular, though. It is still hugely pop, uh, popular. It's a really fun game. But I got that expansion kind of forgetting that it's fairly difficult to play in the handheld mode. Um, you need to be fairly accurate with your controls. And so I was playing through single-player content. I wasn't playing online or anything. Um, and it's kind of puzzly, but it's a third-person shooter where you're just, like, spraying paint everywhere. Um, and the puzzles have different things you need to do. But the core feature is motion controls. So I'm on the plane trying to play this and, like, swinging my switch around to try and aim at stuff. <laughs> it, it wasn't ridiculous. I wasn't, like, spinning all the way around and, like, hitting people. But the amount of You still don't have a lot of range of motion in an airplane yeah. seat. Yeah, so I was, like, fighting the controls while kind of uncomfortably sitting in a plane seat. Like, I wanted to just try and get into a cozy spot and just sit there, and I couldn't quite. So I was surprised. Splatoon was not great. Even when I turned the motion controls off, then the aiming wasn't great. Like, I couldn't aim very well because I was was used to motion controls. Um, So that was actually a dud. That one did not work at all for me for travel play. Um, I tried a couple other games on the Switch, um, just like a myriad of, of what I had. And nothing on the Switch really was doing it for me. I should have probably gotten Untitled Goose Game or something. Um, I ended up probably having the most fun playing, I have on my phone, the original KOTOR. Um, oh, wow. For, I have an Android phone, so I'm able to play it. And they released an app that runs KOTOR, um, just like the old school game, uh, but with incredibly fast loading times. To clarify, you're talking about Knights of the yeah, Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic, thank <laughs> it's you. It's a Star Wars it's game. It's such a long, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's an RPG, role-playing game, turn-based, hidden inside a real-time kind of thing. One of LucasArts' best creations, you know, kind of towards the end of, yeah, of Bioware. Their, it was. Their best yeah. adventure stuff. Yeah. That was like what put Bioware on the map for all mm-hmm. of their more recent games. Um, yeah, it's great. And I ended up, because I can do everything with like one finger running, moving, and like tapping on stuff, I was able to just get into a really comfortable spot and then just sit there and kind of tap on my phone and play the game. And that one, again, with its slower pace, this like turn-based, I can kind of take everything way slower. It's a lot of just story being delivered at me. Um, I had the most success playing that. That was the one that I actually like time flew by. Like I was actually able to get through a lot of the flight and go, oh, this is... It's already time um, with that one. So yeah. I was surprised that less motion and less demand on me was what ended up being better. 
What about you? Yeah, it's funny that that games we used to play on on a on a console we have on our phone because it is available yeah. also for iOS and so okay. is Jade Empire. Oh mm. yeah yeah yeah. There's a couple like old school games that they've pushed out onto phones and a couple definitely could probably use a controller, but some of them are actually pretty decent with just the touchscreen. I wonder how Civilization is, because I know Sid Meier's Civilization is also available. Hmm. I wonder how that would play. Yeah, I haven't played that one on phone. I'd be curious. Hmm. What about you, Aaron? What were you playing on the on the flight? So, the airplane? Uh, games I know I would enjoy on flights, because I did this as a kid, is Pokemon. That one is, it's, it's turn-based. You, you can stop at any time, pretty much, unless yeah. now you're, you're doing the online content stuff. Um, but like that, that was when I could have easily pulled up. I could have pulled up, uh, Dragon Quest, which I talked about last time. Uh, that's one that I could have easily pulled up because I'm currently in a, like a slower paced space. I'm not as uh, in the game, not as like, oh, hardcore, let's get the story done part. Just like, okay, kind of need to just grind a little bit before I can go into the next stage. So both of those were, would be just kind of grinding. I can waste some time for two hours on a plane just doing this. But what I actually played was BitLife, which is a phone game that is a simulate life simulator. And it's rather fun. And it's just, it's just a little clicker. As you're going through, you're, you're, you're given a random person. Random events happen in life. You have to decide if you're going to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or if you're going to go and join the army or not. Random events happen. So, like, I had one playthrough where I had, like, someone made it, made it all the way to 91 um, years old had five kids like it was great and then had another one where the kid didn't even make it to 13 he died because he got a lot of medical con like like really bad medical things happened to him and he was bullied it was just sad just a sad story <laughs> you kept tapping me on the flights like james james guess what happened to this kid <laughs> there was that also it comes up with the stupidest names yeah. like the best kind of stupidest names i can't even remember them right now but ultimately um, but yeah. while Okay, so this flights. is more we, of a, is this like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of a game um, by the looks of it? It's It looks like a text-based game. It's text. it's, I, I assumed like it was Sims, like a right? low-poly of The Sims, but it, it, it yeah. doesn't seem to be unless I'm looking at the wrong There's page. no models. It's all words. Uh, there's like there's some uh, some icons to signify different things, but they don't come in like you're just like you could backtrack through the thing. It's just a bunch of words telling you what's happened in life and happened over the years. Uh, it, but yeah, that's all it is. It's it's yeah. a very dumbed down. I almost want to say it's a lightweight Sims. I'd say it's a text based version of the Sims, where you've got a person, but instead of ever clicking on like objects and having menus mm -hmm. and a three D space, it's like here's your person, here's a life event, pick some things that happen. Here's another life event, pick some things. What do you want to do next? That sort of thing, right? You like, and it's just all text. And yeah, and then you also have some bars that represent how much health, like how you're doing health wise, how you feel look wise, how your person feels, are they happy or not? And there's some activities and stuff or like that you can do to raise those bars Sims. or even potentially like, stuff. yeah, yeah, it's, it's sim, it's simulation. Hey, but, it seems like the Sims, but, but mixed with the life board game. <laughs> Maybe a little yeah, bit, especially little with the bit. randomness. Uh, yeah, because it, it is that. just kind of random. Just things happen, and it's not a, a, a timeline that you watch in real time and speed up and slow down. It's just 
event, a list of events. You know, mm-hmm. you spin the spin little zzz and you move your guy, and then it, it goes, okay, this is a thing that happens. Draw, draw a card. That's what this seems to be, but yeah, a very exactly. high tech version of it. Yeah, and I would say it's it has more options that go on. Like you can go and get plastic surgery if you want, and and that could get botched, and then you could sue someone for libel because of it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's something yeah, it seems that's like you, it gets really interesting. You could get uh, kidnapped and ransomed. I haven't had that happen to me, but <laughs> all sorts of things. But like you get achievements for certain things happening. Like one of them is you can if you happen to rescue a, t- a lion. It's like that has to happen randomly in game where you're set up for that before that actually can happen. Like you get that like achievement. But I've looked at the list of achievements and it's like there's about ten in there that it's like you have to have this randomly happen to you. One of them was for me, like that I went skydiving, and it's like, okay, I got the achievement now for that. I didn't know that was an achievement, but I also didn't actually actively choose to go do that as my for my character. How long is a game cycle? Like, if you play a, a life, how, how long does that take? It depends on how quickly you're going through it. If you don't care about making sure like the health and stuff is all happy, if you're just kind of going for the random, you can just press age up, age up, age up, age up, age up. All the way till they're 100 if they make it that far. Um, How long do you usually play for on a life if you know you're somewhat engaged but not uh, fretting over every decision? I will t- say it took me with the, this person, I went through about two and a half people on the flight back. And all the way there, I only played for about an hour and it went fairly slow because I hadn't played it in a couple months. So they had some updates and some more things I could look into. Um, like they introduced class mates that you could actually talk with and have like friendships with kind of it's like oh i could go and do this i will say like sometimes it gets a little bit annoying on how like tedious all the clicking is it's not the like the flow of flow of things isn't isn't the best i can see ways that can be improved but it is a good time waster (laughs) yeah that was ultimately time wasting was what we both found i think we wanted more on the flight than like pretty heavy engagement with the game, mm-hmm. um, which is why I kind of wanted to bring that up as far as what works and what doesn't work for a travel game and what gaming like on the go looks like. And I was kind of curious, Randy, what your your take has been with travel and, and playing games. Now that you've got a Switch, is that on you whenever you're finding time to play it? Or, I mean, on flights, so- are you... On my on my trips, I've been trying to remember to bring it with me, uh, but when I do, I end up, I'd say, three-quarters of the time not even pulling it out of its case, mm. just because it almost seems like a, a like a bit of a to-do. I know it's not, but it, the games that I originally got did not work on the train and on the plane, um, and I, I think I had the same problem. I thought, oh, I got Super Smash Brothers, and I've got Mario Kart 8. I'm bringing this thing everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You just can't do it because you're... I play handheld 99% of the time that I play with this thing. It's it's only docked to charge, pretty much. I think I've played it docked maybe an hour since I bought it. Wow. And I, I still, when I'm in a plane or on the train, I just can't... Those games did not work well. I just, I had to kind of move too much and, you know, maybe it's the era that I grew up in where you always move your controller way over to the side when you need to get, you know, so racing games, I, maybe I feel a bit silly uh, leaning into the turns, but <laughs> Not I found that there, there, 
There are proper games for it, but I'm not sure that I need the Switch for them, is what it is. Like, Baba is You. It's great. Great mm-hmm. train and plane. That's but what I played. I can, I can almost do that on a phone. Yeah. And the best travel games that i found are clickers. Because um, then you can still, if you're on vacation, you can play it the whole way down on the plane. And then, you know, each night you can still kind of check in on, you know, what you've got going like, um, you know, tiny city and, and tiny tower, that sort of thing. Those clickers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are good because you can kind of just check up on them. And then by the time your vacation's done... You'll play it a little bit more on the way home, and then you'll delete it when you get home because you're back to normal life. You don't have time for it. But it's a nice thing to kind of go from zero to as far as you can um, on on a vacation. So it's it's good for those interstitial uh, spots, especially if I wasn't you know always driving uh, on vacations. I would probably pull it out every time I'm in the in the car and see what I can update. but yeah, it's it's more about I think it's less the form factor and more just the games that I I have on it. And now that I have uh you know, let's go on there, that's gonna be more helpful and that's kind of why I wanna look into Shield and Sword, because I think as we found uh RPGs are way better suited for travel games than um than an action game, because an action game with a with Mario Kart with with all those Aaron brought up some you know RPGs or something you can just kind of pause and put away but you can't just pause and put away Smash Brothers like oh no no I just got 45 seconds left but yeah. you know you got to start packing stuff up to get out of the plane and it it breaks your flow and then when you get back in you're not ready for it but with an RPG you can you can stop, put it away, and then next time you get a chance, pull it right back out, right back where you were, uh, without a without an area miss. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the right way of of doing. Not that there's a right wrong way to play games, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's well, more we've observed for more appropriate for you know ease of of travel yeah. is those sorts of games, and uh, you know also mobile games. I'm not a mobile gamer much, but you know, what the golf is a great travel game because you can sit down and you can play it for a minute here, a minute there. The round never lasts more than 30 seconds for the longest of holes. And then you can also sit and play it for four hours if you want, you know, six hours. Um, and so that's, it's more about having things that are bite-sized and easy to pick up and put down, Yeah, which Mario Kart, when you're in the zone, you don't want to stop, and it takes a while to get there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you I mentioned think that's, game flow. Yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, games that have, like, a not a flow state, but, like, you kind of need to, to get into it. And even pausing, like, in Mario Kart's a good example. Unpausing, like, it's just you're going to have to get back into whatever moment you're in. And on the plane, there's a lot that... Not a lot, but there's a decent amount of pausing and unpausing. I had a hard time just, like, kind of getting into the game world that I was in. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where, yeah, turn-based stuff that I could just, like, never really had to 100% engage with helped. Yeah, it's the level of immersion that you need. You know, for an action game, you kind of need to be fully immersed. And if there's other things going on around you, you know, you got to keep an eye out for the drink cart or whatever. Yeah, um, just other that people. Can, that can definitely... 
stop you from being fully immersed in what what you want to do. Yeah. I think comfort is a big one too. It's not very comfortable being on a plane, at least for me. Like it's fairly upright seat and it's just, you kind of want to get off the thing. Um, and so you can't do the gamer lean when you, when you get serious. No gamer lean. Yeah, exactly. I need my gamer lean when I'm playing a shooter or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't imagine playing a shooter handheld on the switch on a plane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was not a good time. (laughs) Uh, I have Who would a ever that do does that? Like to do that, he can. He likes uh, Zelda. Breath of the Wild is one that he plays on a plane uh, a lot. Um, on the few times he's mentioned what he was playing when he flew, that might be good outside of the actual, you know, events. More in the uh, the free running around yeah. sort of yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of a thing. I could understand the free world stuff where you can still kind of pick it up and set it down. Mm-hmm. But if I was in, you know, the water temple. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want you don't want the drink cart to be coming by in the middle of that, and you have to keep pausing and unpausing. You're gonna forget what room you're in and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Link to the Past uh, was actually pretty good for travel for me. I did I did start in on that um, traveling, and but that's that's not fair because that's a good game <laughs> all around. I've been wanting to play that one. Do you guys ever play classic games like Solitaire or chess? Uh, yeah, a Tetris. Uh, I did mm-hmm. play Tetris 99 quite a bit uh, when I yeah. took my Switch last time. Uh, I did play chess for a while, but I haven't... The problem is I've got, like, this backlog that I feel like I have to get through. You kind of mentioned, like, the obligation of, like, getting through a game or something when you're mm-hmm. playing, or it's like a to-do. And I have that feeling on games, so it feels weird to play chess when I could be playing something else and crossing it off of a list. I can always play Sudoku. Spider Solitaire is my go-to. Actually, I think it's one of the ones that's my, my yeah. go-to's while I'm traveling as well. You're um, gonna have to explain that game to me someday because I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I only like play the easier, and I always set it up, or at least when I play. Yeah, I play it with winning deals. <laughs> it's really with the thing, for um, it. but it, I don't. Yeah. Traditional Solitaire, I don't quite like that one. It's a little too. I can't remember what about it. I don't like. I like the spider one better. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think that's that's pretty much travel games. I mean, there's there's probably a lot more to be said, but um, I can't think of it. No, yeah, with uh, just the idea of, like, when you go on travel, think through the choices you're making. If you are someone who has a Switch or plans on bringing some games, um, it was just kind of a revelation for me because I hadn't traveled in a while like that. And just... I tell you what, I would have loved to have had the Switch. Uh, we went to Sydney uh, a couple of years ago, 14-hour flight. Uh, yeah, on a nice. longer flight maybe, because your seats are probably more comfortable. Like it'll, You have like a sleep cycle almost on the plane, right? Like at some point people go to sleep. They're not, they're not that much better back in uh, economy class. They got about, it's like uh, economy plus is, is about how it. good it is. No. But, um, I mean, you do have more time, so, you know, if I would have had the Switch and uh, not had a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, uh, probably would have been easier to, uh, to go through, a, a, like, a good chunk of an RPG, because that's, mm-hmm. you know, 28 hours. You could probably get 20 solid, you know, play hours into, into a game. Mm-hmm. So that, that would probably be the way. I think RPG is probably the 
your best bet for travel game. That would be my my uh, two cents. Yeah, I think we're all kind of that's the clickers stuff you can engage and disengage with. That'd be mine as well. RPGs and, and just stuff that you can pause far more easily. So from in the in the car, in the train, in the plane to in your house, uh, there's some new consoles on the horizon. Uh, yeah, I know little to nothing about them, so I'm going to uh, count on you guys to educate me and uh, sell me on my next purchase, please. Oh, boy. Uh, so the, the news right now is that Sony came out and announced that they aren't announcing the price point yet for the PlayStation 5. Um, but when they announced that, they did want to, or they said that they wanted to price it lower than... Um, the Xbox Series X. So right now the news is the PlayStation 5 looks like it's going to be less powerful overall, like less bang for your buck. But their goal is to price it that way as well so that it's still like a reasonably priced system for what you're, you're buying for power. Um, so that's the curious thing. The next console is coming out. I think if Sony keeps that up, we're guaranteed a PlayStation 5 that's cheaper than the Xbox. Um, I'm just going to call it Xbox. It's too, Xbox Series X is just too long. I wish they hadn't done that. <laughs> it should have been Scarlet. I, it, honestly, every oh, console Scarlet so far so good. has had a better code name than its final name. Yeah, yeah. but that's marketing. That is, yeah, I, don't, I don't know who's picking these things. Um, so that's the news. That's the, the current state. We've got two new consoles coming. Right now, we're not totally sure what the PlayStation 5 is going to look like. I think there's some talk about the back buttons. Like, they're going to try and raise their standard controller to more of a pro controller level, at least with how many buttons are on the device. Um, I'm curious what Xbox is going to do towards that. But that doesn't really matter. I think the big thing is what kind of games are going to run on the, the console. And I'm not as worried about power. Um, but this is where, as we had talked before, on like picking your console, you pick it because your friends pick it, or it has exclusives and things that it's locking away from you unless you buy it. And that's where PlayStation 4 really won the fight against Xbox on exclusives. They came out with a pile of really good exclusives that Xbox just didn't keep up with. Certainly. But Certainly. Xbox has purchased some new game studios um, they're oh, trying really? to get first party titles going and new IPs built that are exclusive to the Microsoft environment and so I'm curious kind of for both of you what your thoughts are on the two new consoles and where you know what you want to see what you're hoping for and just kind of discuss the, the two consoles the differences and what kind of makes you excited or not excited i feel like they're kind of going in different directions i feel like playstation is uh you know they're they're backing their strengths is what is what they're doing playstation is looking for more exclusives and they're looking to sell to the gamer uh and they are succeeding at that and i feel like xbox is doubling down on being something that sits in every house and does all of the things like this is your mm -hmm. this is your Netflix 
thing. This is hooks up to your um, to your cable television. This this does all of the things uh, instead of just being a gaming console. I feel like they're trying to be a lifestyle console or something to to that. Because when it comes to exclusives, they have Gears of War and Halo and Forza, which are three very strong titles that have been weak the last three years. I mean, I hear Gears 5 is really good, but they, you know, the rest of them are, are not uh, not the juggernauts that um, PlayStation has with Gears mm-hmm. of War, with the Uncharted, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. These are all killers, and one of the things that, you know, Xbox was supposed to have to hang their hat on was ReCore. I loved ReCore, but have you ever heard of it? Yeah, you know, I heard it. I mean, it came out and then just whoop. Fell, yep, went fell right away. It was it was a fun around. game, but it, it was systems heavy and, and, and strange. It tried to be Jack and Daxter a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, so they don't have a lot in terms of that. So I think what they're trying to do is they are pushing for wider wider audiences that's why they're trying to do cross play they're trying to make it so that oh well nothing's exclusive anymore we're they're trying to be everyone's friend a little bit Mm -hmm. uh which you know i i won't fault them for because i have the system and i'd love to be able to play all these games cross play with everyone else if you know someone could come over to my house they could pick up my switch and we could play you know, a, a game together. I wouldn't have to have two Xboxes here, yeah. Because that's really the problem. Is there's so little couch co-op stuff now that you know it it makes it kind of difficult to do that sort of thing. And who's going to buy two new systems? Yeah, I know that one of our coworkers actually plays, uh, or a couple of our coworkers play Sea of Thieves together. But one of them in particular, he and his wife play together because they have an Xbox, and then he has a PC that can run it as well. So she, I think she's on the Xbox and he's on the PC, and they're playing together because it's cross-compatible. They're- I intended to do that with Farm Simulator uh, last year. We never never got around to, to really doing it, but that was something that my wife and I enjoyed. And, and yeah, having that ability to, to cross-play uh, with two systems that you already own, mm-hmm. it just makes sense. So Sony needs to find a way to kind of find the other, find a way to play with, at least with Microsoft, enough that they can get in more homes. I uh, I feel like their Microsoft's current subscription program and the fact that they're really trying to put every game on both the console and the PC is incredibly consumer friendly. I I love that they're doing that, and you've got a choice. You can actually pick where you're putting your game, and you can. Again, don't have to buy two Xboxes for a lot of these multiplayer games that are actually only online multiplayer. But my worry is they're so consumer-friendly that I, with my PC, don't need to sign up for the Xbox, actually put down the money for the console, when I can actually just install their games and buy their games directly on my computer. And that's my worry is some of the more maybe hardcore gaming audience with PCs and like choice of whatever console they want can keep their PC and play a lot of those exclusive games without having to like fork out the 
$500 or whatever it'll be for the next console. I completely agree, but I think that's more to the point I was making of PlayStation trying to get those gamers and Xbox kind of letting them have that because hardcore gamers are, a you know, it's a big market, but there are more people buying Xboxes for their kids than wanting to buy this big, crazy, uh, you know, PC, PC yeah. for yeah, yeah. for their kids because again, how much is the brand new shiny Xbox going to be? Seven hundred dollars ish, and how like, much for a PC that's going to run all of those games <laughs> for like five years? That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can still have the OG, the original Xbox One, and it, it's still running Xbox games. Mine's right there. And yeah. it still it still runs everything. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm the looking big at it right now. It runs everything available for Xbox. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious. I think I mean again, Sony won the as far as sales and and the war between the Xbox and the PlayStation. This last generation, Sony outsold. Um, do you think they're going to do it again unless Xbox shows up with some really good first party titles? I feel like people aren't very loyal to their systems because I, I mean, I s- jump ship and switch boats because there were way more first party titles that were like winning awards. And it was like, oh, I, I need to get a PlayStation if I want to play The Last of Us, if I want to play some of these. What do you see, Aaron? What do, what do you see on, on your side of that? I'm not sure about who will win in terms of like PS4 versus Xbox, but I can see that there's like. It really depends, on, like at least in terms of a person, like what they want out of their system. I, I completely agree with you that PS4 is definitely going for these more hardcore gaming, and I think for me, that's probably where I would put something down, because I'm, at least right now, I'm not doing a whole lot of PC gaming unless it's really lightweight stuff, which I'm then going through Steam for. Um, this is where I'm finding my indie games for, or maybe I'm going towards the Switch, but then my like really hardcore gaming and stuff is usually going through for a PS4, mostly because we don't actually have an Xbox right now, so it's not something that we're... Maybe it's more because it's not available. But I'm not sure exactly which one would win. Uh, if things are as they are right now, going to be the same things, then yeah, it's going to be PS4 or PS5. But um, I don't know. Do you get your console... I, oh, what were we going to say? Right? I, I think... I think Xbox could win if they really put their mind to it, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough people there. I think Phil, I think Phil would do it, but I don't think that the people who are in charge of the uh, the loose change in the pockets uh, are going to kind of let him because they're already making money, and it's safer for them to stay in a slightly different market. I mean. The Xbox 360 did beat the uh, the PS3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, but the PS2 was a vastly superior, you know, as far as selling things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had so many more games. They sold so much more. The PS2 was a juggernaut. You know, so you go back there, and it's it's kind of changed hands every and, time. But it's only been you know one generation now that. Sony's been, you know, the the leader in the class, and there's no reason that can't switch hands. Yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. they've always been in the lead. No. But I don't think 
I think PlayStation is still going to outsell, but I couldn't tell you why. I'm curious what the new... I think for me, I'm, I'm excited for what these new first-party titles are. I love the competition. I feel like anytime you're grabbing these studios and giving them a bunch of money to make something fairly creative... Especially Sony has done a great job of going, you're selling our console. You're not really, like, you're not selling some sort of live service subscription or some sort of crazy sales numbers that need to make a profit. We just need you to sell our console. And so you get some really good first-party games um, that just have, like, a love to them that the cross games, a lot of times, that are getting pumped out every year don't have there's a lot more I guess attention to detail I mean, more money swimming around within what they're allowed to do how much time they're allowed to like experiment before they get into full production um, so I really just am hoping we see more first party titles fighting each other kind of like trying to get more of these games like Horizon Zero Dawn or even like Halo when it came out stuff that sells a console God of War selling consoles the, last the killer time. app yeah Whatever the, you know, I want to see a couple games come out on Xbox's side to compete with The Last of Us 2. I'm sure we're going to have another God of War 2 for this kind of rebranded God of War. Um, we're getting, what, Horizon Zero Dawn 2. So Sony's now about to kind of, like, do sequels off of these fresh ideas. And if Xbox can come in with some brand new fresh ideas off of some first-party studios that they've picked up, I'm really excited. I mean, it might make me switch or maybe get both or actually like have to decide because right now there's a bunch of sequels I think Aaron and I are both more invested in because we played the original ones on PlayStation mm -hmm. other than Halo. Halo's the big if and unfortunately they just didn't really hit the mark on the last one that came out. Four and five, I, I feel, didn't... I mean, they did not capture the same... Gravitas as yeah. two and three did. It, yeah. it simply wasn't there in sales and customer engagement. But here's think, here'd be my my one thought on that is with Microsoft going out and picking up all of these indie studios. Uh, what what do you think their plan is? Because I can see it going one of two ways. They're either counting on these these people to to make great exclusive first-party games to try to sell the Xbox. Now, would that be a better run, or would they rather see these, these companies make first-party titles that are non-exclusive? Because how would it feel if you got on your, your PlayStation 5 and booted up something from Oblivion and it said Microsoft Studios on the boot up. If I can still play it on the PlayStation, then <laughs> I, I would. That's hmm. it's. I so you I you would like be more than happy to still buy it. Yeah, they would love love the income, like selling more games. Would that hurt Microsoft sales, or do you think selling more copies of the game and people playing these games maybe half and half? maybe have a bunch of first-party titles that aren't exclusive so that people play on on their uh, 
uh, on their Sony, and then they go, oh, wow, this is made by Microsoft. I really like this game. They play another one that's a Microsoft first-party title. Then they go, what other ones are there? And they look online, and they go, oh, there's all these ones, but these ones here that look really good are only exclusive. Maybe I'll go out and buy that system because I'm now hooked on their studio, and I want to see what else they've made. I know for me... uh my loyalty is no longer like a thing. I think that's, I don't have a big dog in the fight either way as far as like which console I like better because I now it's games. I'm like, oh, these games are the ones I like. If I were to have to guess what Microsoft is doing, which I, I don't know, but I'm willing to bet they're trying to sell their service, the actual subscription service. Mm-hmm. So I'd be willing to bet that you're actually more correct. They're not going to maybe push consoles um, I'm hoping some first-party games happen that go on their service and stay off of Sony so that you have to subscribe either on PC or console, which is consumer-friendly for me. I don't have to get their console. But if they've got smaller indie games even, if they're not like trying to push huge AAA titles, but like smaller games at a more consistent Like Sea of Thieves. Like Sea of Thieves, yeah, I mean, yes, it's a smaller It game. ended up getting bigger, but <laughs> Yeah, was... the hype got really big for it. But yes, it's it's clearly, like, when you see the content that was pushed out at first, it's it's not some gigantic monstrosity of a game when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, yeah. they've talked openly about uh, they're in talks with Nintendo trying to bring um, select games that the Switch can run. They're trying okay. to bring Game Pass to Switch. That, is, that would be so there it is huh. like if they are then that's clearly I think the the angle that they're trying to run it at is actually get a subscription set up for people and enough games in the pipeline around the year for you to go ah I'll keep it because we've got another game coming out next month and I can go back and play like some Halo for the rest of this month cool I'll keep I'll keep paying the money I'm wondering if maybe that's a huge amount of income if they can get enough people onto that service and if it's on switch then yeah like that makes it really tempting to play even some old microsoft games and yeah, imagine state. being able to play ninja gaiden black on your switch and even halo i'd love to go back through mm-hmm. campaigns on like switch or something that would be really fun yep play it in bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh god. I don't know about that. Um so as as far as you know, as far as topics, I think that's uh that's kind of the the big ones for this week, but uh we kind of already touched on most of the games you guys uh have played in the past couple weeks. Is there is there anything you guys left out? Did you get any time at home to play? Well, you're thinking. Take that as a no. Uh, uh, so I'll try and be brief here, just to keep it short. <laughs> try. Uh, yeah, try. Mm-hmm. I think I know. So what we, were, to bring we up. were on vacation this last week, so we were out of town. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time to play, but I got sick like coming home. It's not real bad, but just like kind of had a head cold. Um, so I wasn't. I tried playing some Apex. That's kind of where I go to play with my friends online, hang out, and talk. Uh, but that's like too demanding. I was just kind of like fuzzy in the head, if that makes sense. So I wasn't feeling good over this weekend. Uh, so I played a bunch of Heroes of My Magic 3 again. Um, excuse me. <coughs> Speaking of. 
Yeah, no, I'll cut that part out. Uh, so here's my Magic 3s, that turn-based game from like 1999. Um, I keep going back to it. It's very relaxing once you learn the game and you've got a lot of it memorized. Um, it's a castle building sim. It's kind of like Age of Empires, but in turn-based. So you've got heroes running around, you have a town, and the town builds a bunch of units. You put those units with your hero, your hero carts them off to go fight stuff. And then to collect, res to collect resources to, collect to build resources. a bigger town, to get better units. You can upgrade the units. There's a fairly deep, um, not deep, but it's it feels deep until you really dive into it. It feels pretty expansive as far as what you can do. Deep uh, town building. There's a lot of choices you have at the beginning of the game. Um, at least at first, when you start learning how to play, it just feels like there's a lot of choices you get to make. Your hero's leveling up. You feel like you're presented with a lot of fun, easy choices that aren't that hard to kind of chew on. There's a lot under the hood as far as strategy, but you can kind of get in easy and just slowly learn it. So again, as a kid, amazing game. And that has been my go-to, like, let's relax. It's all mouse clicking. I can like sit way back. I don't have my hand on the keyboard. It's just a mouse, and I'm just kind of slowly clicking around at whatever pace I want, making, you know, decisions in my head about strategy. Uh, so that's an awesome, excellent game that got updated by, I guess I was going to keep this brief, and I'm not, sorry. <laughs> uh, it got updated by, I think, some, some Russian players that really liked it. So there's this mod that came out that made it HD, so it actually fits on modern like it looks good kind of for modern PCs and they added a bunch of new content and rebalanced a bunch a bunch of stuff so if you listen to this and you actually did play the game back in the day I'd recommend downloading it again I think it's ten dollars on GOG.com good old games um, it's like ten bucks and then the mod is free and that'll turn it into HD it's called Horn of the Abyss is the mod um, so I'd heavily recommend that if you did play it back in the day and you wanted to like kind of look at it again. Um, Ten bucks is a pretty easy starting point for at least how many hours I've put in. It's well worth it. Don't buy the Steam version. If you look it up, um, their version is bad. You can look at reviews and stuff. Um, but that's what I've been playing over the weekend, and it's just it's reminded me how good that game is. What about you, Aaron? What have you been playing? Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I pulled up Pokemon Sword and Shield last night. Got my first Pokemon to level 100 in that game. Cause, woo! woo. Uh, and then I've actually... I was also looking into like what games are coming out in the next month. Because I have a couple on the Switch that I'm interested in. And I'm going to try and limit myself to just one of them. And it's like, which... I tried the, Mystery Dunge the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon demo. Which, if you guys haven't played it... Nope. Um, it's actually a remake of the original demo, or the original Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Not red, but blue, I think. And it's like, I think you, you were mentioning it's pretty much an identical remake with kind of just a new coat of paint. So far, I want, I'm kind of like waiting to see what news comes out about it, because I can't tell if there's any, like, what quality of life updates there are, if um, what any new content they bring in, or if it's just a remake with a with pretty new art, which I really like the art style decisions they made. It's different than what you usually get for Pokemon. Yeah, it looks really pretty. 
pretty. Like has this like watercolor aesthetic for the background. Mm -hmm. So it's different. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> but I like it. And I really like that story. I'll, I might pick it up again, but that'd be me playing a familiar game. If I want to play an unfamiliar game, I'm probably going to pick up, uh, gosh. A new Leaf, not New Leaf, a uh, villager game. I really am struggling. I'm going to want you to cut this out. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the let name, me, too. Let me look this up. Animal Crossing. Thank you. Animal Crossing, <laughs> what's, New Horizons is what it's called. Okay. Just say that over again. Yeah. I'm also interested in... Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons that comes out I think on my birthday or like the week of my birthday and mm -hmm. so I'm really excited about that one I really enjoyed the first one that was on the GameCube and like we played that and then I, I like the only reason we didn't keep playing that me and my sister was because we'd either have to fight over who was playing because you can only play one person at a time but also then if you left over like two three days there'd be grass everywhere and it was so annoying well don't so, worry is this like a Stardew Valley oh, sort of a sort of a game Yes, but not quite as top down as Stardew Valley is. I this this predated Stardew Valley. <laughs> yes, I'm 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 sure I'm I'm backwards yeah. on this. I simply I know about it, but I've I've never I've never played it. So I can't say much about the one coming out yet because all I've seen from that is the trailer. But in the original one uh, that I played, which I haven't really kept up with the Animal Crossing series. Um, you as a person got uh, dropped off at this new town. You had this new home that you had to kind of renovate and stuff like that. And you were able to help out this town with a bunch of problems. All the characters that are in it are these different animals. They're really cute and, really cute and just like cute designs. Uh, you could do a couple of things like go fishing. You could collect stuff. You could clean things up. You can make little cute umbrella designs. It's a bunch of cuteness. But with a really fun game loop that I can't quite remember. But I remember enjoying. <laughs> I remember you liked it, so I, you like, I remember I liked it, and I've only really heard good things about the series since. Yeah, I just haven't gone back to it yet, and this might be the game that brings me back to it. Well, don't worry, I won't fight you over it when uh, it comes out. You can play it all you want. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm looking. I've been looking at the games that are coming out sooner because I'm trying to figure out what I would want. Yeah. Because I have a birthday that comes up, that means that, hey, free game, kind of. <laughs> yep, got to get you some sort of video game. So, What about you, Randy? What have you been playing? Oh, oh, I've actually shockingly been playing quite a bit. Yeah, you make um, it fast, good. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> again, I've been going through, through Game Pass mostly, but I picked up uh, a few things. What I've been playing most recently is actually they have the entire uh, Telltale series of Batman mm, mm -hmm. Hmm. available. Um, I know there's kind of a, a shaky, uh, shaky news from uh, from Telltale as a uh, as a developer <laughs> as a company like, and it went bankrupt overnight. Yeah. yeah, there's well, it was uh, overnight a, over a year. Yeah, for you know, a while. yeah, yeah. They slowly <laughs> kind of. I uh, reminded myself. I, I I went ahead and looked it up and, and read a, a good long long form um, about what happened at that company and and you know crunch is is really a shame. Uh, I think that it, it can ruin games. I'd rather have a game come out that's good than one that comes out earlier because there are so many good games anymore. 
it's better to release something properly and this game should not have been released um I had never played a Telltale game until uh, two days ago. Oh, okay. And I am, I am enjoying this game, but I never played The Walking Dead. I never played um, The Wolf Among Us. I never did any of that yeah. prior. So having seen all of that come before, I can understand how the game systems can get really old. If, if they had been doing this for as long as they had, this would not be novel anymore. Um, to me, it was... It's a lot of QTEs, which I usually don't like, but I, I accepted it going in. That was more of a yeah. um, interactive narrative yeah. sort of a game. And I, I do like that uh, that portion of it, but the glitches are rampant. <laughs> oh, no. lot, it's like missing that level of polish that you'd hope for in a game. Oh, the, there's, there's entire models that are missing. What? Ooh. What are you playing this oh, on? I'm playing this on the Xbox okay. One, uh, straight off of the um, uh, the Game Pass. Uh, when I'll play, sometimes some of the stuff that changes, like um, like you're you're supporting Harvey Dent for mayor, and so the signs will change based on your reactions and how much you support him and the you know the current mayor and stuff like that. And so one of those signs today was completely missing. Uh, at another point, I'm going in to see the mayor, and I don't know what happened because I was staring at the secretary who had no hair, and and with it, no Weird. model of the back of their head. Uh, okay, what? so not intentionally so, bald. No, okay, they no, just didn't have not that part. Bald. Hair was supposed to be there. Yeah, like everywhere that the hair would be, it's just it's not there. It's yeah. really off-putting, <laughs> and. The entire bottoms of of towers and huge, huge glitches. So unless that was just my copy, probably um, not. You know, yeah. And it's not a disc; it's downloaded. You know, I don't know why it would be any different. No, um, I, I think that's a good, like that's part of why they like crumpled under the <laughs> the weight of like pumping out games just nonstop. Yeah, yeah. Having having read about the crunch and people feeling like they didn't have time to finish the game, yeah. and this being so late, I understand that it simply didn't get done. I mean, it's it's still fun. The narrative is is neat, and binging through is is kind of fun. I I really like Batman stuff. It's about the only DC that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and it, it's fun. But I can I can see this getting really old really fast. I have yeah. all the episodes halfway through episode two. I don't know if I'll finish it. I'm having fun now, but how many are boy, there? that could end real quick. How many episodes? Five episodes, okay. and there seems to be five or six parts to each episode. Seems to be about two-ish hours each per episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're and you're like at three hours in. Yeah, and so I don't know if I'll make it the, okay. the twelve or so through. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, I'm I'm taking my sweet time, yeah. but it, it really it's a railroad game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? If you have Game Pass, give it a shot. That's an If you time. can get it for the whole thing for under five bucks, and you like that sort of a thing, and it's worth it's, it. it's fun enough. Um, so, but not not perfect by any means. But I'm I am having fun with it. I might want to um, pick it up just to see all these glitches. Yeah, the ones with <laughs> oh man, the glitches sound interesting. Like missing models or missing parts to models sounds 
interesting. I like seeing when that happens in games, not because it's a good thing it happens in games, but because it's just like, oh, but wait, this is how they made this. It's an under-the-hood thing that's yeah. kind of fun to see. Yeah. Um, so short of that, um, I've been playing uh, a little bit of everything I played through beginning to end in less than a day, Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> what do you think? Out of 10, what do you give it? A honk? I give it like a solid... <laughs> give it a honk. <laughs> give it a honk. I, I'd, I'd probably give it an 8 for me. Yeah. I, it was a solid game. It was better than average. It was fine. Very short. That's. But I think I couldn't have been any longer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was nothing to it. Yeah. It just, just like my wife said, you're just a goose being a jerk. <laughs> I, that's why I haven't pulled the trigger on it. For $20... I've heard mm-hmm. it's short, and I don't. I'm, I'm just. I haven't felt like it was worth it for twenty bucks. But if you well, give it an eight out know, of ten, do you think it's worth twenty bucks? Like, should I probably pick this up? I think a dollar is worth way different to to other people. That's true. Um, I'd say for five dollars an hour. Um, is that, it's four hours. Yeah, five dollars an hour puts uh, it in. I think I stretched it to like three and a half. Okay. Uh, I took my dear sweet time. Um, it's really, it's really going to depend. Is it worth your time? Absolutely. Yeah, the fun thing. per minute is just silly. I found myself not doing the thing and just annoying people <laughs> because it was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, huge, hugely density wise, lots of fun in the game and if you could pick it up for 10 bucks i wouldn't i would do it for 10 for 10 yeah, bucks yeah, you yeah. know i got it included but i i would do it for 10 bucks That's, if it was 15 and, i would i'd pull the trigger already it's just that 20 for some reason i can't get over that if it was 1950 yeah, 1950 <laughs> maybe uh, yeah it's just like right at that edge where at 20 i've got a lot of other things i start to judge it against as far as what $20 gets out of like the eShop even so if you haven't played it before I'll, I'll kind of give you a, a quick summary uh, it's kind of a three quarter top down view uh, the art style is art style is very kind of clean and minimal mm-hmm. um, it looks it looks really good I think for, for what they're shooting for one guy made it uh, pretty much um, I didn't realize it was only like. It took a long time for development, but it's it's very it's very uh, very fun. So you're you play as a goose, and when you when you first show up, you come out of a pond, and there's a, a little farmhouse there, and you get a checklist written out on a piece of like scratch paper, and these are the tasks that you need to do, and you need to do all but one of them to progress to the next level. There's only a few levels. Um, without spoiling anything there's only a few levels and so you go through and you do the ones that you want I completed all of them but one um, that I ended up looking up afterwards and I'll finish that up but it, it's fun you've, you've got a button to honk you've got a button to kind of sneak around it's, it's a stealth game is what it is <laughs> like a stealth it's puzzle it's a stealth puzzle game yeah. that's exactly what it is but it's it's fun because if you get caught, uh, there are certain games that it's 
fun to get caught and certain ones that it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got your Metal Gear Solids that if you get caught, you just kind of reset because it's no fun to keep playing. Then you've got your Assassin's Creed and your GTA and your um, Dishonored that, yeah, like sneak, 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 and then you get caught and you just keep going. And that's what this is. You just, if they catch you, you just honk at them and wave your wings and get all aggro and then run away. It's hugely fun. But, yeah, it's, it's a bit empty just because the scope is so small. Yeah, really fun. But I didn't notice anything broken. It, it's just a solidly fun game, and it's something that anyone can play. Uh, if people haven't noticed, that's kind of my thing, is I like very accessible games, uh, short of my racing games, which are not. Um, but it's I'd, if you could pick it up for a price that you're happy with, four hours of fun content, sit down and play with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because having someone to help you figure out the silly puzzles and to just enjoy the spontaneous comedy that that comes out of things. Yeah, when you steal the slipper from the man and he chases you, you can't help but laugh. Yeah, that's a good way of framing it. The, like, if you can sit down and enjoy it with somebody, suddenly that $20 is getting you, like, eight hours of, of time. Mm-hmm just because there's two people enjoying the four hours so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, a wonderful yeah. multiplayer single player game yeah kind of if people are okay watching and then you're passing it back and forth and stuff I could see that okay that's a good way to frame it that might be that might be how I actually bring myself to buy it Aaron and I will play yeah it. I'd, I'd recommend if you can get it if you can get a half off pull the trigger yeah, definitely, um, definitely. if there's a sale we're getting it yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. James doesn't there's get a choice a so we're of, getting it yeah, if it's part of the sale yeah uh, other than that, I played just the, about an hour so far of Outer Wilds. Oh, Have you guys played Outer Wilds? Not Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds. I've Outer seen Wilds. it, but I haven't been able to play it. I've seen a ton of content on it, but I haven't been able to play it either. Okay, so quick quick overview. You, uh, you wake up, and you're looking up at a starry sky. Again, this is a very indie looking game very uh a lot of um banjo kind of music like uh modern uh banjo sort of music and you wake up and in the first few minutes you realize that you are a an alien and an astronaut of sorts but it's very silly your spaceship is made of mostly wood Hmm. uh and they even they reference the fact that the uh launch pad is made of wood and wood is flammable uh and there's a lot of conversation options so you go around you talk to everyone in the village and uh and you've got fun dialogue options uh to kind of role play a little bit and so usually you you go up you get the passcode you you launch off and you start flying the rocket which is very tricky Uh, and you look around and then uh this is it's a minor spoiler because it's, it's it's the, the whole hook. point yeah, of the gotta, game. Yeah, if you want to go in with nothing, then skip skip forward about three minutes. But you search around for I think it's half an hour to an hour. I've heard and it's like everything goes white. Thirty six minutes. Uh, some something yeah. like that. I haven't I haven't looked it up because I just played and it, it just yep. hit me. Everything goes white. 
and it turns out the universe explodes or something uh, something yes. like that. I haven't gotten that's the loop very far. <laughs> the game loop is yeah, literally so a loop. <laughs> it's literally a loop. Then you wake up again right where you were, where you sit up and you talk to all the people and then you fly away and you're supposed to pick up certain things are persistent in the world and certain things aren't. So you start over and you still have to do all your traveling, but there's so much to explore. Mm -hmm. And I've only done one game loop and something already happened that scared me so bad that I almost didn't want to keep playing. Hmm. That's got me intrigued. So just poking around is highly encouraged just yeah. because nothing, you know, not much is persistent. There's no, there's no loss to, I suppose, dying would just reset you as well. But you don't lose any more progress than you would have already lost. Yeah, because ultimately so you need to beat it in one of those time frames, I assume. Right? I, like My understanding is... You have to be able to beat it in whatever the, yeah. the time frame is. That's the biggest thing. Is because they're resetting it. And so, yeah, even dying, you've learned something. Or something mm-hmm. spooky's mm-hmm. out there, apparently. I'd say I might sit down with a notepad this time and actually jot things mm-hmm. down. There's a lot of proper nouns, which oh, are yeah. my Achilles heel. Oh. Mm. A lot of worlds with similar sounding names. Um, because it kind of more describes the planet, but it's kind of fruity language, so I, it's not as easy for me to uh, keep yeah, that kind of stuff in my head. Yeah. Like calm prairie and and wild field, I don't know, stuff to that nature. Um, but I, I, I'm going to keep playing through it, yeah. and uh, it, it seems fun. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's like from reviews that I've watched on it, because I'm very curious I'm playing it at some point. Uh, they've praised it as just being a really good puzzle game with interesting If, if I'm going to give it one word, it would be charming. Charming. Yeah, that's a... From it's the very charming. Game. Yeah. Yeah, it's like low-poly art, I think, as far as the overall aesthetic. Yeah, not, not super low, but like low texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. All right, that's that's really that's really what I played in the past uh, couple of weeks is uh, just that, and then you know the the little bit of Pokemon here and there, and and uh, usual uh, racing games and such. But mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not interesting. <laughs> Do we have any uh, any kind of final thoughts before we go to the uh, admin section? I don't think so. Pokemon. Okay. That's my pl- final thought. Your thought is, on, are you going to go play Pokemon now? Uh, actually, I'm kind of, maybe. <laughs> I might go play Let's Go in- instead of the actual like, Sword oh, and Shield. Oh, yeah? Go back to Let's Go. Like, or, or restart and see what it would be like to restart Sword and Shield, because I haven't read, I haven't, I've only done my one playthrough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Who knows? Who knows? I wonder if those have, like, a New Game Plus sort of a thing. Because uh, Let's Go does. Uh, you know, when you beat all the stuff, it, it resets and gives you a bunch of new trainers and a lot of uh, Pokemon-specific battles and stuff. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I didn't know didn't about know. this. Are you, are you talking about, like, the overhead stuff? Like, because I know, you, like, like, suddenly you can fly, like, up high when you mount, when you mount certain Pokemon. Oh, Aaron. Oh, my Oh, word. no. Play Let's Go. Okay, apparently I'm playing Let's Go tonight. There's a whole nother game after you beat it. 
gosh. This is on some some uh, Castlevania stuff. This is okay. So I'll give you the you know anyone who uh, doesn't want the second half of Let's Go Spoiled should uh, go ahead and uh, <laughs> those that have just podcast and come back from next the week. other spoilers. Get ready for so. So when you when you win the game mm-hmm. and you you go back to the start. You can battle all of the gyms again. Wait, what? And they're and they're updated levels. You can go all the way back through them again. Aaron's I, gonna go play this right now, and it's different. I knew that they and, had specialty trainers. Like, there's a trainer that you can only like, yeah, and then you like you can only battle with that Pokemon. Like, only battle yes, Caterpie versus Caterpie, and then Metapod versus Metapod. Yeah, the best best of a certain species is there, but you can go back, and um, this is this is why people like me that uh, buy the guidebook uh-huh. um, play for a very long time because there's the walkthrough continues for quite a ways, um, quite a few pages more, uh, and you can go back and do a lot more uh, coach trainers. What have I been missing? Yeah, there's, there's more. Go back into the gyms. Oh no! Yeah, because they go up into the into the sixties uh, for for levels to go back through the gym leaders. It sounds like Erin has her homework cut out for her. Yeah. Yeah, you like, can rematch all of them. There's certain things I don't like you... to grind. Like I'm never never going to do like all of the Pokemon like that the specialty trainers never going to do that but the gyms redoing the gym challenge i would totally do that yeah and did you did you battle green i can't remember if i did or not it's been a while since i picked up the game that's this is the issue it's like i got to a point where i felt like i had beat enough of the game i was like this feels good okay i've it's gone it's done i haven't played it since since last year now you gotta play yeah so only grind up to like the 60s because uh, they, they all seem to be kind of mid-60s, but you can go all the way through the Elite Four as well. Okay, let's see what team I have. I don't even remember what team I had. Yep, there's whole new rematches. If you're over-leveled, just get some new lower-level ones and kind of, you know, don't don't blow back through it, but you can do all those battles again. Okay, <laughs> okay, guys, I know what I'm doing. Like we've said, I'm playing Pokemon. More Pokemon. Okay, Report back for sure, because uh, I'm I'm at that point also. So I'll see if I can uh, uh, steal some time at lunch uh, for work this week and and uh, play through as well. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I guess I guess that's kind of our our closing thought is if you think you're done with the game, check the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I thought I did. Yeah, the the book is nice. Okay, um, so uh, if you enjoyed listening to this, there are a couple other uh, podcasts on the network. There's one about uh, cars, uh, that's Garage Night, and then there's one about uh, dirt bikes and motocross, that is Loose Spokes. Um, or please come back here uh, next week for just another side quest. Uh, I think we're keeping these uh, every two weeks at this point, but we'll see... Uh, if we get enough interest, we might ramp it back up with some uh, some other co-hosts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let us know what you think. Um, 
lots of forums to uh, to hit us up on. Uh, check out the the webpage, and it's got all of our information right there. It's under tinydogpodcast.com. And with that, we will bid you a good night. Adios. Bye, guys. 